Hello, everyone. Welcome to Screen Scream on Viola. In today's show, we're going to talk about four movies from four different countries, and I personally have seen half of them, so I'm really looking forward to this episode. Hope you also like it. First of all, let's listen to the introduction of the first new movie we're going to talk about today. Goodbye, Lenin. Two traumatic events affect the life of East Berliner Christian Kerner. First, in 1978, her husband Robert runs off to freedom and another woman in the West, leaving her to take care of their two adolescent children, Arian and Alex, by herself. Always a good socialist, Christian devotes her life to the cause as a symbol of anger toward her husband. And second, in 1989, she sees a now grown Alex marching in an anti Berlin Wall demonstration and being hauled off by police. As a result, she suffers a heart attack and goes into a coma. While Christian is in her coma, Germany drastically changes with the wall coming down and the imminent official reunification of East and West into one. The Kerner's personal life also changes with all aspects of the newfound capitalist world infiltrating their home. When Christian emerges from her coma eight months later, her health situation is still tenuous. Any shock she experiences could possibly lead to another heart attack and certain death. To protect his mother, Alex decides not to tell her of the new Germany in which they live. He feels he can better protect her at home, where he can control to what she is exposed. Although most around him don't support the idea, including Arian and Lara, they go along with the extreme measures Alex goes to to create East Germany in their home. How long can they keep up the roof? <laughs> the introduction was long, but not much was revealed. It's just the background of the story, so no spoiler, don't worry. The first new movie we're going to talk about today is Goodbye Lenin from Germany. And although it talks about the Berlin Wall and history, It actually sounds like a very interesting and funny story, a comedy indeed. We heard in the introduction that Alex wants to recreate East Germany in their home. So he puts up curtains from the communist era, forces his sister to wear old clothes, and stop the time at his house in the past so that their mother would think that her world has never changed. Of course, this is a white lie. But it's going to be very difficult and very challenging. This nostalgic movement of Alex is really funny, including getting old furniture from the trash, forcing their neighbors wearing old clothes from the communist era, changing the canned food into Soviet Union food, making up TV news and TV shows on their own, paying kids to. Seeing some songs from the communist era, I'm not sure. I just saw that from the trailer. And the most important thing is that never mentioning Berlin Wall. So it's really, really funny, especially the fake news Alex and his friends make up. When Goodbye Lenin was released in Germany, the box office exceeded the first episode of Harry Potter. More than 4 million people saw it in Germany. And it eventually defeated Titanic, becoming the movie with the highest box office in German history. And it also won the best European movie at the 2003 Berlin Film Festival. 
Oh, and I forgot to mention that actually, Goodbye Lenin is a re-released movie. That's the reason why I mentioned Harry Potter the first episode. My sister majored in German. Actually, she already saw this movie before in class, but she and her classmates from college went to see Goodbye Lenin last week because it's just a movie that's so good, which worth being watched twice or more. Besides, the protagonist is played by Daniel Brewer, an actor I like very much. If you go watch Goodbye Lenin, you'll be able to see what he's like when he's a lot younger. Now it's time to come back to Asia, and that's our second new movie, The Book of Fish. This is a South Korean historical black and white film about an exiled Chosen era scholar and a fisherman. The story was about their exchange of knowledge in writing a book. Wow, our second new movie sounds very cool. It not only is a Korean movie, but also is a black and white historical film. But don't let that scare you away. It's actually pretty good. It won Best Screenplay, Best Leading Actor, Best Cinematography and Lighting, Best Editing, and Best Music at the 42nd Blue Dragon Film Awards, which is the Korean Oscar Awards. It's adapted from the true story of the author of The Book of Fish, Tasan Opal. The story is about how this scholar got exiled to Tasan, the Black Mountain, and he developed a teacher-student relationship with a fisherman there. I went to see the screening. At first, I also doubted whether it's going to be good because it's black and white and it's about history, but actually it really is good. It's very humorous, and it tells you the true history about writing this book. It's really amazing. The Book of Fish is basically the encyclopedia of fish in Korea. It took the protagonist 14 years to finish the book. And by the time, well, I shouldn't, that was a spoiler. But if you go look at the history, you will know that by the time he finished the book, he passed away. What I like about it is that most parts of the movie are funny, interesting, but in the end, it's emotional and sentimental. You will cry. Of course, the movie is to record how the author finished the book of fish and the exchange of the knowledge. That's the theme. But I think it also tells us that it's really difficult to encounter a teacher that cares about you very much, not only your knowledge, but also your life. And it's also equally difficult to encounter a student that's very precious to you. And that's the touching story we can see in The Book of Fish. It was dubbed as the best movie in South Korea last year. So if you're interested in history, interested in Korean film, The Book of Fish is the movie I recommend you to watch this weekend. Trust me, you won't regret it. And as we move on to Top 007, let's review what we had from last week first. Top 3, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero the movie. Top 2, Death on the Nile. And Top 1, Uncharted. So how about this week? 
Top five. Revolution of our time. They won't know my name. Because the Chinese don't have a big house. Spider-Man: No Way Home. We started getting some visitors. Top four. Dog. You want to get back in the game? Prove it. Sergeant Rodriguez was a legend. Family funeral Sunday outside of Nogales. They want his dog at the funeral. Jujutsu Kaisen Zero: The Movie. In this section, we have movies from Hong Kong, Hollywood, and Japanese anime. And I want to talk about Jujutsu Kaisen Zero the movie once again. But I kind of regret that I talked about Jujutsu Kaisen Zero the movie last week. I should talk about Uncharted since Jujutsu Kaisen Zero the movie dropped to top 7 to top 4 this week. Anyway, if you go watch this movie version of Jujutsu Kaisen, you will be satisfied with the action scenes. The action scenes in the animation is always Stan's favorite, and the director promised that the movie version will definitely get you the biggest satisfaction, maybe you even want more. And since everyone agrees that the director is good at directing action scenes with dynamic and speed, with the scores, the complete action scenes would be even more exciting. Besides the action scenes, let me share something that's worth watching for the movie version. First of all, since the movie version's background is set in the year before the TV series, the three leading characters won't show up. But it's also because of the background, the crew designed the young version of the characters that you can feel is a little bit different from the TV series. And the villains also have more space to do their deeds in the movie version. And the audience gets to understand why the villain has a history with the protagonist's teacher. So even though I personally don't dare to watch Jujutsu Kaisen Zero the movie, I recommend you to watch it if you're interested in Japanese anime or you've seen the TV series or you just like all these heroes fighting monster stuff. You probably will love this movie version of the anime. And now we're ready to move on to the last section of this episode. Top 3. The Batman Fear is a tool. When that light hits the sky, Top 2, Death on the Nile. When you have money, no one is ever really your friend. It's too late to change it. Top 1, Uncharted. They're not gone. They're just lost. This is exactly why I said I should have talked about Uncharted last week. Because if the Batman is on the chart, of course I'm going to talk about it. The Batman we're seeing in the theater right now is a reboot and is directed by Matt Riffs. When the director accepted this job, he asked for a condition. He wanted an unprecedented Batman and he doesn't want any other characters to be in this movie. In order to make a reboot movie that matches the comic, but at the same time, it's also new. The director went back to the original comic series to find one of Batman's identities, world's greatest detective. Well, I shouldn't say find because Batman is the world's greatest detective. 
If you don't know, let me tell you what DC Comics mean. It means detective comics. So originally, it's going to be stories about detective. So this reboot is related to riddle-solving black detective. Everyone that's excited about the reboot Batman is also interested in the new Batman, that is Robert Pattinson. The director said actually when he was writing the script, it was the time when Robert Pattinson played in good time. It really is a good movie. I went to see it for Robert Pattinson and I liked it. And the director thought that, oh, this is really good. And he felt that Robert Pattinson has this depression feeling to social humanity. And he has an anger inside. At the same time, he expresses a hazardous feeling to others. The funny thing is that Robert Pattinson doesn't like Twilight, the movie that makes him famous. But from the description of the director, don't you think he sounds like a vampire itself? So maybe that's the reason why Robert Pattinson is able to portray Edward Cullen so well. So basically, Robert Pattinson is a weirdo himself. And that's the reason why he's super suitable to play a character like Batman who has an unstable and dark mentality. If you know me, you will know that I'm a Marvel person. I have no interest in DC, but I wanted to watch the Batman for Robert Pattinson. And I have to say I'm right. I went to see the screening and everyone says this movie is so good. Of course, the director is awesome, but also because it's played by Robert Pattinson. And even though he didn't have many chances to perform his acting skill in this reboot, maybe in the next one, now that we've seen this one succeeded, I'm pretty sure there are more to come. So maybe we can see more Robert Pattinson in the theater from now on. And that's all the time we have for today. We talked about a movie from Germany, a movie from Korea, a Japanese anime, and a Hollywood blockbuster. Hope you like the show today, and if you do like it, please share it for us. And remember to tune in same time next week at Screen Screen. I'm Viola. See you next week.